Welcome to the Phoenix Nest, the podcast where bad bitches read romance. I'm Jessica. And I'm Kat. And today we are missing Bethany, but that's okay. We're going to continue on. And uh, today we're going to be discussing the book Swept Away by Tony Blake. But before we get started, we'd like to remind you to rate and subscribe on your preferred podcast app so that others can find us. And we'd also like to remind you that you can find us on Instagram at the PHX Nest Pod and on Twitter at PHX Pod. You'll find those links as well as a link to our blog and our email address in the show notes. And now to the book. Um, this book was chosen by Kat's mom <laughs> yeah, <laughs> as kind of a, a weird record recommendation. Mm -hmm. And uh, Kat, do you want to read the synopsis on the back? Oh yes, here we go. It says, five days before her wedding to a man she admires but doesn't love, Katrina Spencer escapes to a private island. There, she can let the sun warm her body as she contemplates a future without the passion she craves. Then she lazily opens her eyes, only to see Brock Denton, muscular, half-naked, the one who got away, the one who makes her body tingle how Brock arrived is a mystery, but it's clear he's in danger. Cat faces danger, too, in the arms of a man who's determined to free her from her every inhibition with his hands, his mouth, and more. Cat has five steamy days and five sultry nights to make up her mind, return home to the man she doesn't love, or satisfy her wildest passions with Brock and let herself be swept away. Okay, um, going into this, what were you <laughs> thinking? I was thinking classic romance novel. <laughs> okay, fair. Um, I First off, I would like to point out that I had to order this book because this was published in 2006. Mm -hmm. um, so this was published two years after I graduated high school. Yeah, I think it's one of her earlier ones because she has a lot. She does. I was at Barnes & Noble the other day and there were a lot. Um but I want to say I ordered this book in, and when it came in, I looked at the cover, and what is happening? Okay, so Bethany and I talked about this, too. She's like, the cover makes me uncomfortable. I was like, why? She's like, because it looks like porn. What is he doing? Where's his head? And I was like, it's he's resting against your boobs. Like, it's, in his, it's in her titties. Yeah, it's like, not motorboating. Like, it's like, like pillowed. But it's close. In a weird way. It's, yeah, it's very strange. I wasn't quite sure. What to think? I thought, oh lord, it's gonna be one of those, and uh, it was. <laughs> it was. Um, it it was. There was a lot going on. Uh, it it didn't feel real <laughs> a good majority of the time, and uh, just to give the general premise of what happens, Brock Denton and Katrina Spencer, aka Cat. Whom I would like to first point out, I did not realize was her name until I was like 60 pages in. I just <laughs> blocked it out. I skimmed over it and I didn't care. Um, but they grew up in the same town. They're from Naples, Florida. And when Kat graduates high school, she shows up out of the swamplands where Brock Denton lives. Because she is determined to have him take her virginity. Which, first off, virginity is a social construct. Who gives a shit? No. Not a thing. But this was also, I have to keep in mind, this was written in 2000, it was published in 2006, I should say. And um, things don't go well for Kat. Uh, she strips down to just her panties in the middle of the swampland, which I thought was weird, but yeah, do you, boo, whatever you gotta do. And um, they make out a little bit, but he realizes that he can't do it. And he sets her aside and tells her to move along. And 
she has a hard time getting over it, but it's ten years later when this book takes place. And they're still so hung up on that one brief moment in time that I could not dispend my belief. Okay, I couldn't do it. <laughs> it was not it was not good. How did you get through it? It was okay, so overall it was a fairly easy read. It was very much kind of what you expect from the description. Okay, yeah. There were a couple things thrown in there that I'm sure we'll talk about that kind of threw me off because they were so strange. Um, But definitely what you would expect out of a romance novel was there. We had the conversation via text Mm -hmm. where you had said, I almost want to call it mommy porn. Yeah, a little bit. Because I feel like this is what people think of or what they're trying to describe when they use the term mommy porn. Yeah. It's like a lot of hot sex scenes, a lot of unrealistic scenarios. Scenarios. Like, even just like the places, like, who has a private island to just like go off to? Listen, we are not rich enough to even dream well, of we don't a private have island. Those in Arizona, so. Can I have my own private cactus? Oh, God, I don't want that. <laughs> but, um, yeah, we definitely talked about how this is kind of the classic romance novel stuff. Yeah. You know, unrequited love, the one that got away, danger, like a lot of money being exchanged in different ways. Money problems. Yeah. The, like, controlling parents. Oh, yeah. There was, there was a, you know, there was a lot going on, and if any of those things tick your boxes, this is for you. Welcome to Swept Away. pirates, in a weird way. In a very strange way. So, the whole thing is, Kat is... A rich kid. She's grown up rich. She's been rich. Um, she's going to marry someone who is also rich. And she has a really unrealistic, like, job that she's somehow able to sustain life on. She's an artist, which there are people who can be successful in that. But she's never had to show show her art in any way. Well, she's specifically um, into pottery, and then she works at her dad's, like... Gallery. Gallery. And that... In itself is kind of weird. Yeah, but and she's got this this great apartment and <laughs> all that. Sweet home Alabama. Yes, where his like glass art only pays the bills. Yes, and it like, sounds like such a cool idea. But you're like, what the hell? Yeah, because it's the whole glass art thing is based on is the lightning going to strike the beach? Yeah, yeah. But this is I think I'm going to put beach sand in my pottery. In my pottery, which go you, I guess, if it works for you. I don't know that it does very. Much. No, it would be a weird texture, and I don't want to touch that. It'd be pretty unless you had sand that had a different melting point. Yeah. Then it would be glass. That's not what we're here for. No, we're not here but, for that. So that's her job. Yeah. And we find out that Brock has gone from this poor kid who lived on a swamp with his grandfather to an FBI agent. Which, like, go you, Brock. Like, yeah. you're doing it. But the scenario... <laughs> That brings these two together is so wackadoodle that I couldn't, like... <laughs> oh, my God. Wow. I, I, could, I couldn't. I couldn't. So, tell us how we first see Brock. How we meet him. Oh, my gosh. Okay. So, Brock is undercover. Mm-hmm. And he's undercover as a man named Jimmy who is helping with dealing in Mayan artifacts, which is illegal. Yep. And so this whole thing is that he's helping these two brothers 
smuggle them from somewhere in South America to the United States to be sold to be like wasn't it like Guatemala or yeah. something? Like, Not the US. Right. No, I'm pretty sure you're right, Guatemala. But anyways, um so the first time we be like in a hot tub on a yacht with two hot girls. Who happen to be the possible possible girlfriends of the two smugglers, Carlos and Francisco. Who are brothers. Who are brothers. And then he like gets tricked into like showing his identity because he was too relaxed in that their hot tub. Because he was gonna get freaky with one of them. Which is weird. I don't like that at all. I thought that it was, was a strange. Weird start to like an introduction to someone who's going to shortly be heroic. Yeah. Maybe. But whatever. So he gets caught, they like tie him up and put him below deck, and then he still somehow escapes. He finds a key. He's been talking about this key that's been around Francisco's neck, and suddenly Francisco comes to get in the hot tub, and he doesn't have the key any longer. Yep. Yeah. And, uh... So he steals it. He steals it, and he jumps overboard, and he sees, a couple miles out, land. Yep. And he starts swimming for land. Exactly. Cut to Cat, topless, on the beach. Because why not? She's ditching her own bachelorette party. Everyone else is in... Las Vegas getting crazy, and she is on this private island that's owned by her father. Here's my thing with this part. Yeah. You're getting married. Shouldn't she be so excited that she wants to go to this bachelorette party? Okay, but then from the other way, too, if she wasn't excited, wouldn't she want to be at the bachelorette party to hype it up? To hype herself up. So it's like, either way, she should have been there, and she was not. She was not having any of it. There were a lot of red flags, and she didn't heed any of them. And she kept being like, I can do this. Which is not exactly a pep talk you want a week before your wedding. Yeah, I can do this. I can totally, like, pose as this perfect wife. Yeah, you shouldn't shouldn't have to do that. So, she is laying out on the beach topless because, fuck it, she owns the island, she can do whatever the hell she wants. When... Suddenly, she opens her eyes, and who is standing before her? None other than Brock Denton, who she hasn't seen in ten years. And he just just immediately falls back into the way he used to speak with her. First off, he calls her kitten. Is that you, kitten? I, I thought I hated pet names a lot. Like, fix her up. That pet name didn't piss me off. I don't baby know why. Girl. He called him calling her baby girl was good. Brock calling cat kitten made me like cringe internally every time it happened. It was just uncomfortable to me. I didn't like it at all. But he gets off and it's kind of like, all right, let's get this shit going. And she's like, the fuck did you come from? And he has no answers because he's technically undercover and he can't give he's her like, answers. He can't tell you this or I have to kill you, which is like such an overused line, but like also, who wouldn't want to use that line if they have opportunity? Like, if you have the chance to do it, sure, but like, where the fuck did you come from? Like, I need the answers. I am in the middle of a, of a private island in the middle of the ocean. Who the fuck are you? Where, where the fuck did you come from? So, Brock thinks he's managed to get away. He was wrong. He was super wrong. So they <laughs> they come back and they blow up Cat's boat. It it was just all bad. Like he's being super bossy. Brock's being super bossy. Like we've got to get back to land because you're dumb and you left your phone charger 
First of all, I'm sorry, but I can be a forgetful person. But if I'm going somewhere for a week alone, sure shit, I'd have my phone charger. First off, I'm not going to an island by myself without knowing if I have reception or not. I need to have reception. I need to know I that my phone's going to work. she wouldn't have reception. See, she didn't have reception, but even she when did. she did. she called, what's her feet? Nina. They just talk on the phone. I thought that was before they left. Oh, Nina's in Vegas. Oh, man, is this how little I paid attention? Yes. Cool. But she's like, yeah, we're like 15 miles from the mainland. And I'm like thinking, my phone doesn't even work when I'm on the interstate sometimes. Like, there, depending on where I am, you know? There are sections of Arizona. Water, especially around water. Like, I can't go to Patagonia and have consistent service. I've so, never been to Patagonia, so I wouldn't know. I've lived in Arizona my entire life, and there are many places in the state I've never been. Anyway. Anyways. The boat, her boat gets blown up. Mm-hmm. are like, great, perfect, we'll hide here. Well, not only that, but Brock has to pretend like he got hit with one of the bullets one of the brothers shoots at him. Yeah. And pretend to be dead. Yeah. And he's, like, willing Cat not to come out of the, the forest area that's yeah. on the island. And the boat gets blown up. And now they're just on this fucking island, and the only person who knows that Kat's on the island is Nina, and Nina's off being a hot mess. Being a real hot mess. And they have no way to get off the island or get any help to get off of the island. It just seems like a bad plan for, like, a lot of reasons. Yeah. Um, so they decide, okay, we'll make the best of this, they'll come looking for me. Because my wedding is next week. And he's like, wait, your wedding? And then they have that discussion. Which, I just, it was so frustrating. For, like, multiple reasons. Because he had really good points. <laughs> like, should you be, like, super excited and, like, trying on your dress a whole lot and shit like that? And just being, like, really excited about the wedding in general. Yeah. Like, you took all this time to get it, right? And she's just like, whatever. I love Ian. But do you? And she makes Brock seem more important, which, fair, I would do that as well. Well, that's because Brock comes back, and even though they've talked about Ian, he's like, hey, we're on this island. One of the lines that I hated so much in this book was, it's like Vegas, what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. And he's trying to convince her to cheat on Ian and have sex on this island. Right. And, like, I know in the long run it's going to happen. Yeah. But but I also think that was because he was very suspicious that she did not love her fiance. Yeah, but at the same time, That's like so you should be like, yeah, it's really shady. I didn't, I didn't like that part. But he has to sleep on the floor, and they're kind of like trying to figure out how much food is going to last and and all that fun jazz. And uh, it's just kind of weird life on the island until. They can figure it out. And I would like to say that we were misled. Because this says that we're going to get five steamy days and sultry nights. And really, it was only like two or three days. Yeah, we had a frustrational day, which was day one. Mm -hmm. And then day two is where the brothers somehow come back and are hunting them across the island. Which is, first of all, sounds horrifying. Scary as fuck. Like, guns, whole night. Yeah. Just a bad time, right? They get so split up like, a couple times. That's like day two, right? And then day three, no. No, day two was more frustrational shit. 
And But he sleeps in the bed. Yeah, he sleeps in the bed. Day three is when they wake up and she gets upset because they don't have all the donuts she wants anymore. And that's when the brothers come back. She's off on a walk on the island because they need to have, she needs to clear her head of Brock Denton. And that's when he goes back to go see what's going on and he sees the boat coming back and that's when he runs. Um, so they have to like fight for their lives on this island. It's kind of crazy. And then like, that's a whole day where that happens. And then he ends up killing a guy. He kills Carlos. Who's the good brother. He was the good brother. He's being egged on. Yeah. And, um, Cat when find out he loves Cat. Yeah. Well, we, and we missed a portion of it because they find them and they take Cat. They find them like twice. Yeah. Well, when they find him the last time, they take her and she's on the boat and they wrestle for the gun and he shoots Carlos on, he's on land still and he shoots Carlos and Cat gets the gun, and she fires it, but she doesn't shoot anybody, and they kind of just think, oh, she just shot the gun, whatever, and she gets free and gets back to the island, and Francisco is driving the boat away. Is that what I, what she would say? Driving the boat away? I guess you'd say that. Driving the boat away, and then the boat explodes, because they think Kat hit something with it, and then it's just a couple days of them on the island fucking. Which is, I don't know, I feel, not that we are lied to, but that if a sexy man shows up half naked, that I knew from my past and wanted to have sex with men, and I still do, and I don't really like my fiance. Wouldn't I be taking advantage from day one? But I think she was trying to have like a sense of propriety. Um, well, I'm I committed to this, and my parents would be so disappointed in the wedding and all this stuff. So I kind of get where that's going from, too. Yeah, I can I can see that. I had a lot of issues with her idea that the only reason why she was getting married was to keep her family happy. And it, it was, was mostly like her the money. It was mostly her father to keep him happy because she knows her dad is having money problems. Yeah, like hardcore money problems. And is her dad's best friend who's also his lawyer, that's his son. Yes. And his son, Ian, is going to, once the marriage happens, he's going to invest money into the gallery. And then they won't have the money problems anymore. So Kat feels obligated to stay with Ian. When in reality, for the last ten years, she's been hung up on this kid from the swamps. Okay. Cool. Like, if you're that hung up on this one guy from when you were, like, 17... She's just, like, hung up on this guy. And it didn't make any sense to me because I can't, for the life of me, think of anybody that I would be hung up on for that long. So, okay, and so we've talked about Unrequited Love a lot before. Yeah. Like, not necessarily on our podcast. But, um, you know, we've all got those flashes of the one that got away kind of almost regret, but, like, oh, they just did what it happened that time. Yeah. And, like, I've definitely had that happen where someone has literally walked away <laughs> and I've just like been too stupid to notice that that was an option I had at the time and they like are gone and then you're like wait a minute <laughs> what just happened and I don't feel that I would if given the opportunity now go back into that relationship or friendship or whatever you want to call it because you don't feel that way yeah after a certain amount of time or after you 
find out, like, what they're doing or whatever it is. But, like, if he, like, appeared suddenly and was like, well, I got divorced and I'd like to date you, I'd be like, no. I feel I like, that. <laughs> but that's, that's growing as a person. Right. And so I think that part of the problem here was, like, she was so dead set on losing her virginity to Brock Denton that she just, like, never got over that she, like, spitefully lost it to someone else. Oh, that gross dude at her party. Oh, my God. Ew. It just was a lot to take in. Can we have a, a moment to talk about tattoos? Yes. We have tattoos. Lots. I have, I have ten. Oh, God, I'm like 15. Are you at 15? We've, we've Do got... Do your eyebrows count? Do your eyebrows I count? I <laughs> <laughs> or do we have to count every single stroke on those? Because oh, they're all individual. Be... So, we have tattoos. We've got quite a few between just you and I. And yeah. add in Bethany's tattoos. We've, we've got a good, solid, probably 30. Yeah, I would, I would say we've got about 30 tattoos yeah. between the three of us. If you average that out and that's 10 a person, that's not terrible. I mean, it could be worse. Oh, God. <laughs> My mom doesn't like... Most of them. Sorry, mom. <laughs> My dad definitely didn't like tattoos, but it's a very old yeah. school thing. It's, it's a very like sleazy thing. Yeah, it was either like military or convict or sleazy woman thing. Yeah, in like the seventies, eighties, and even kind of the nineties. I think, but our tattoos are tasteful. We don't have. Okay. I have a shark tattoo. <laughs> okay, you do have a shark tattoo, and we both have dinosaurs. We both have origami dinosaurs. Um. Pam and Steven are mine. Mine does not have any. No, no. We find out that Brock has a tattoo. And it's not his only, like, it's not his first tattoo. It's no. because he got a tattoo removed, but then he went and got a different tattoo. To kind of replace it. Which is, like, cool, fine, but whatever. Especially because his tattoo was his own name, which is really stupid. Who tattoos their own name? Their first name. name. Like, I understand last names because I've had a lot of, like, especially Hispanic male friends. Yeah. That will have it, like, because uh, they're gangster, whatever. Yeah. But you I've were never a, heard of someone getting their first name. You were a white guy from the swamplands of Florida, and you got <laughs> rock tattooed to yourself? Like, what the fuck? And he got it in a really obvious place. Yeah. And... He had to get it removed because of his line of work. And he ended up getting a new tattoo in a very secret, hidden place. And I almost want to find the description of this. I don't know if I can. Can you, if you can find it? Because I did not ever read a description of this tattoo. Um, I only have what you told me. When I was like, okay, I read the whole book and I don't know where the fuck this description is. But first off, his tattoo is in a very weird place. It's near his wiener. It's between his belly button and the base of his dick. Which? Ow, first off. I just don't understand. I never read a description, so I was on 100%. I texted Kat and said, it's a lion, because I was being dumb. And apparently I was wrong. It was not. Body is tattooed, angular graphical version of a sun right behind his stiff shaft. So that leads me to believe it's, like, centered <laughs> at the base of his dick. Ew! <laughs> I've never seen someone with a tattoo on their dick or near their dick, so... <laughs> I definitely um, skimmed over that 
Yeah, clearly. <laughs> like, you thought it was a lion. I just, like, filled in the blank and was like, it's going to be a lion, because that's what I feel like. But we get, like, first glimpses of this tattoo pretty early on, and we don't get a definition and a description of what this tattoo is until, like, 200 pages in. It also doesn't say, like, how large his tattoo is. Oh, I thought it was, like... Literally from belly button to base of dick because there's See, no description. I, I'm thinking like quarter sized because it's behind his stiff shaft. Because um, it's disgusting. It's a gross area. It's a gross tattoo. But when you think about it being a 2006 book, what was happening in tattoos in 2006? Weird shit. It was a lot of like the beginnings of tribal. Oh, God. And the beginning of like. <laughs> experiments with a lot of light work. Yep. And a lot of, like, more graphic design versions of things, which explains why this could be a different sign for a son. When you told me it was a son, my brain, because you didn't tell me exactly what kind of son, you just said, it's a son. My brain went, like, the one from the Sublime album. (laughs) Although I could see where you're going. Yeah, because it's around the same time period. Yeah, but then I, the description isn't great either. No. It's like just saying that it's angular graphical version of a sun. The fuck does that isn't mean? great. Like, I have an arrow on my arm, and that's like a tribal angular thing that I, I don't know. I will say, though, tattoos, like discovering tattoos on people is really fun. Not even in a sexual way. But just, like, noticing them for the first time, like, what the fuck is on your arm? Yeah, my favorite is uh, turning around, uh, one of my coworkers. Yeah. And I turned around, and my, tur- my coworker goes, the hell's on the back of your arm? And I was like, oh, it's a T-Rex. His name is Pam. And my coworker was like, the fuck? And I was like, oh, but I have a long neck on my other one. That's, that's Steven. And the look on their face was just like, the fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> it's fun to find tattoos. Yeah, and it's but, fun in a sexual way, too. Yeah, but I when it's poorly poorly uh, described to me. Yeah. I am mad that I found that so bad. But, <laughs> but um, yeah, and I think maybe also because a lot of people who come from what we would consider, like, high society really look down on people with tattoos. Mm-hmm. Like, that's an issue even today. And it's always like, a, well, you, you trust people less if they have, like, tattoos or hair things. And part of me is like, okay, I understand that because, you know, some of them are bad choices. Like, things are misspelled or things are, like, really gross. Well, that's like Brock's brother got his name tattooed to himself as well, and instead of it saying Bruno, it said Berno. Yeah, see, like, they're very, like, blind. So I get it. And I think especially in 2006, it would have been really scandalous for Kat to have had a tattoo. Which, yeah. Which she had said she had a tattoo at the beginning, and she didn't. And she had explained later on that I don't actually have a tattoo when they started fucking. And, um, at the end, she gets one? Oh, God. Do we want to find that one, too? Do we? Do we want to find it? Because that's also in a stupid location. That's in, um, that's what? Next to her belly button? Okay. A small, I found this would pass too. A small tattoo set to the left of her belly button. A slightly prissy, feminine looking cat. Underneath it in fancy script, the word kit. <laughs> no! I like tattoos. 
Like, in general, I like them. I like them more when they're well done. Yeah. I like when people... Have good placement. Yeah, like, they they did it in, like, an artistic way. Mm -hmm. This does not describe that. Mm -hmm. This is also, they're, like, gonna get down and dirty, and they find her tattoo, right? He finds it. And, like... I've been in the position where someone finds your tattoos in the midst of exploring your body sexually, and never ever <laughs> would I describe a cat as Chrissy, and I wouldn't want to get my own nickname on my body. I don't have a lot of words on my body. I don't and have I don't, any words. And I think yeah, it's no, I a little mean. bit more like, me too but which is almost like hip area, but not. Yeah, it was a weird placement. It was a weird tattoo. But I get like the point. Like she was rebelling. She was showing that like she was gonna be his. Like whatever. Which but also she was like trying to call it quits with him. Yeah. And showed up with it. it so didn't... she still wanted the sexual nickname. It it was just something that was a miss for me. Speaking of sexual nicknames. At one point, he says to her, here, kitty, kitty, my soul left my body because I was so grossed out by that. And I told you about it. And you were like, but it's her nickname and it's fun. And I said, no, we're forgetting that people often called vaginas at this time. They're kitty. Yeah. And it grow. It was like he was calling her vagina to him, and I was like, "Stop it! It's gross, and I hate it." Oh my god! I was once told, like via text, like show me your kitty. Ew. Which is, I think I sent a screenshot to you. I think you did. Pretty sure. It was a while ago, but um, but I definitely just responded with "lol" and then the cat face emoji, <laughs> and it just it made. <laughs> if um if anybody texts me, show me your kitty. They're one hundred percent getting a picture of Oliver sent. To I them. like it better than pussy. I don't like it. Yeah, I don't like that word That's either. That's like raunchy sex talk. Yeah, I'm not so into that. Yeah, I don't. I don't like that either. I don't like that either. Anyways, yeah. So the kid thing, we had this back and forth because her name's Cat, and so her nickname is Kid. Whereas in a book we read before, mm-hmm. with Phoebe and, uh, what was her name? That other chick. Sister. That was the, uh, that was Say Yes to the Marquess, and we never released that episode, and no one will ever hear it. Anyways, the, they call the one sister Dumpling and the one sister kid, Kitten. Yeah, and we but didn't like that. But not for any reason, like, wait, I don't understand the kid. Oh, no, it was because she claims straight. Yeah. Um, but, like, still awkward. Like, yeah. this was better than that. Like, if we had to rank them. If we had to rank, and maybe... This is a kitten. Maybe at the end we could have, like, a whole... Like, the end of the year we'll have a whole situation where we rank pet names in the books that and we've baby read. Baby Girl was at the top. Baby Girl will always be at the top. Travis Ford was the best. Ooh. I still love him. Um, Next thing. Let's have a conversation about that weird, weird, weird side plot. Involving Kat's mom. Oh, yeah. And that author. I was unprepared for that for a few reasons because I was not told that this was going to have, like, an extra little story in there mm-hmm. because there's no clue to that anywhere on the cover in the blurbs. No. Whatever. Fine. It's extra info. 
but then it was the jump between the storylines was so dry because you're like on a private island making love a lot of love running from bad guys and all this stuff and then your mother's in a coffee shop with an author and your dad doesn't care when she's home and it's like what well and it's a it was a weird almost secondary plot in regards to possible cheating because she realizes, the mom realizes she's got feelings for this author. Right. And she starts to fantasize about what her life would be like if she were with this author. And then it starts to kind of come to fruition where the author actually, like, kisses her. And she realizes, I can't do this. And she backs away. She realizes how much she loves her husband. Right. It was unnecessary. It definitely didn't need to be a part of the book. And I didn't like it. And I read through it. By doing what I do best, which is skimming. Yeah. Because <laughs> there was nothing important in those parts. It was just a thing that happened. Well, okay. So one of the only things I felt that I could get that was more connected to the story from that subplot was that um, Kat's father was just so into making money and making sure he appeared to be wealthy that he literally pushed away the women in his life because he kept being like, well, I'm doing this for you. I'm doing this for you. But every action he took was really self-serving. And I yeah. think that was maybe the connection we were supposed to get from it. Yeah, I can but see that it now. Wasn't, it, it wasn't... It wasn't perfectly executed. It was not. It was not. The execution was left jarring. a lot to desire. It, it it was very jarring. Like, the first instance, I was like, oh, what the fuck is this? Yeah. What is happening? Um, I didn't like it. We didn't need it. Now. Yeah, you could have taken it out, and I would have been okay with it. I would have been more than okay with it. Now, let's have a discussion about... The bungalow and yes. the closet that was locked. On the closet. First of all, it's weird when people have locked places and no keys to them. I really don't understand that. It's like, oh, we just never opened that door. I'm like, well, why is it haunted? Or like, <laughs> <laughs> I love that our first thought is that's that room like is, is haunted that, and we can't go in it. That room seems shit. Or like, you know, is there something else? Yeah, like a weird sex dungeon down there. I don't know. Weird private island. I don't know. Hey, listen. It could be anything. It could, it could have been anything. And the entire time, they kept bringing up the locked closet and Brock kept bringing up the key. And the entire time I'm going, the key clearly goes to the closet. Which also made me angry because even in 2006, it doesn't really matter what your key looks like. <laughs> like, in olden times, you could be like, that key is forged from steel and blah blah and this crest or whatever and it clearly goes to the fucking gilded lock, right? Yeah. This is just a key that goes to a door. And he says it's a small key, which is more weird. Well, it's because it was a master lock. But the way they explained the lock was that this was this huge lock and it was like a door with a lock on it. Oh, my dad said it's just full of tackle gear. We don't really need an old paint cans and Brock doesn't put it together until the day they're the day before or the day of one of right. when they're leaving the island yeah and he finally realizes oh this key that the bad guys wanted maybe it's because they wanted what's on the island and they didn't come here for me they came here because the island because they come back yeah, because they because the they keep they they came back to, they came to him the first time and then they came back. Yeah, and he didn't put it together until the day they were leaving. And Cat's in the shower and he tries the lock 
and the key fits the lock. Surprise! Fucking fit. Awesome. I knew that from the beginning. It's full of expensive, irreplaceable artifacts. It's full of Mayan artifacts. Oh, shit. Rock finally figured out who the bad guy is. Okay, and I know this, like, disturbed you to no end because they were like, it's so simple and it's so easy. Especially when we find out who Omega Man is. Oh, God, that pissed Um, me off. But we also have to remember it's not a mystery novel. It's supposed to be a straightforward romance. With a little suspense. Yeah. Here's why it irritated me. I'm dumb. Omega Man is stupid me. First off, yeah, Omega Man. Name yourself. Yeah, it was bad. (laughs) No, but here's the deal. I'm dumb when I read books. Like, I'll be reading, and I get so invested that I don't think of secondary things like that. Yeah. And, um, like, I can't, if I read a mystery, I don't know who done it. I am 100% so the like person. it's like a true surprise. It's a true surprise when I read something like that. But this one was so easily figured out that even my dumbass got it from think, the beginning. Do you think it was on purpose to make us also not want her to marry you? See, that's the thing. Because when I first got it, I remember texting you and I remember saying, I'm like 96% certain that whoever Omega Man is, it's Cat's dad. And I said, er, and, and the artifacts are in that closet. Right, yeah. And you said, we'll see. And I was like, okay, but just, like, I'm right. Read it. <laughs> I'm right, right? Like, I'm right that at least the artifacts are in the closet. Like, I'm yeah. right. And um, we get towards the end, and then it's it slowly starts to become more aware that it's not Cat's dad, it's Ian. But when it dawns on Brock, it's so late in the game. Like, so okay, he's late. he's been busy with the kitty. <laughs> Gross. That was nasty. <laughs> but accurate. Um, but it, it was it was weird and strangely placed. But they finally figure out what's going on. They find out that Omega Man is Ian this whole time. But they don't really get the whole of it until everything is said and done. They've been picked up and taken back to land. And the wedding happens. By the way, when they get picked up, her best friend Nina is there. And she corners Brock. She's like, so y'all like hooked up? Y'all fucked, right? Yeah. And he's like, I'm not going to talk to you about this. Which, first of all, denial is as good as saying you did in this yeah. kind of situation. Not in every situation. But close. Because denial doesn't imply that you're guilty. But in this situation, like, being like, I'm not saying if we had sex. Like, bull fucking shit. You, you just did. said you did. But, um, it's weird. It's weird to me that you would, first of all, choose someone who hates your betrothed. Uh-huh. To be your maid of honor. Uh-huh. And that second of all, you wouldn't boo her for being your maid of honor when she's multiple times trying to be like, are you sure? Are you sure you're in love? Are you sure you want to do this? Yeah. Like, over and over. And she's like, for like the past year, Nina's been like, why do you want to marry this guy? And I'm like, if my friends are constantly being like, this is the wrong person for you, and you're like, a list of why? That's, like, the biggest red flag you could have. Not just, like, I don't really get along with them. But can we also point out that your friends, i.e. myself and Bethany, wouldn't be as subtle as Nina. We would sit you down with a written list (laughs) and be like, we'd be like, okay, just give me a second. 
Okay, so how many, like, see, but then you have to disregard if it just says he's a dick over and over. Like, um, no, because first off, Bethany's list would be he's a dick over and over again, and I would intersperse actual reasons, <laughs> and we'd be like, just give us a second, cat. We have some things that we'd like to say. First off, you're being a dumbass. You don't fucking love this guy. You just think you do. So it yeah. it was So that was just like a a minorly frustrating thing. Yeah. If you guys wanted to stop me from doing something and I was being too hard headed, which happens a lot. Mm-hmm. Like I first of all would still do it, but I'd do it differently. Like if you guys were that adamant and like so grouchy with me about it, then I'd be like, Alright, then don't come to the wedding. Like fuck off. It would either be that it would make or more sense. Or you would take a second to realize that what we're saying is right. But it would probably start off with, because you are so hard-headed, hello, Libra. I'm super strong-willed. <laughs> like, if you ever wanted a true definition of what a Libra is, cat is it. I am a strong-willed peacekeeper. Mm-hmm. And appreciate the wet season. That's what that's <laughs> that's so gross. It was just a weird way to put it. It was. But, uh... We would know that you would tell us, well, fuck off, you can't come to the wedding, and then text us a couple months later and go, I was wrong and you were right. I'd also have run away to Vegas, which has always been. Yes. Yeah. Anyways, we're, like, super off track. That's okay. But, so she, she gets him to not admit, which isn't admitting, mm-hmm. that they had, like, fucked. Mm-hmm. And, God, we're going to talk about it in a minute, because there was just so much sex happening. Yeah, like just a lot. So much on a table, on a beach, in a hammock at one point. Yeah, in a shower, in the bed. They they were fucking everywhere. That island is well and truly christened. Ew. Um, (laughs) they get so they get saved, right? Yep. And they get to land. Their stories are kind of half-assed. They get to land and. Brock gets taken off the case because of what's happened. He's ruined it, kind of. But he also works with the person who takes the case over and tells him, you know, it's it's either this guy or this guy. Yeah. But at the point, at that time, it was just this guy. And then they talk to the guy and realize, shit, it's not him. It is Ian. And they figured it out. But Brock figures it out because he realizes Omega is the last letter of the Greek alphabet, and Ian's last name is Zeller, with a Z. And he's like, oh, shit, I figured it out. And I'm going, oh, shit, I figured it out 150 pages ago. Yeah. Well, and because um, Kat talks about how her dad used to deal in my yeah. in the 80s, but before it was, like, a no-no. Well, and that's where she got, she has this pendant that's in a case yeah. in the gallery. Like, she's got a pendant, she's not allowed to wear it. Because it's a priceless artifact. Okay, but it's locked in a gallery. She can't even put it in her own home. I don't know. People put priceless artifacts in their own home all the goddamn time. But her dad's like, I got this for you. But it's staying in the now gallery. it's framed. <laughs> yeah. Don't touch it. <laughs> Whatever. Um, before they leave the island, yeah. Brock opens up the uh, closet. He finds an artifact that's small that he could take with him. 
for evidence, which for evidence. does not explain why he still has it in his possession. No, but if you have something that's evidence, you have to, you turn, have to it. turn it over. Apparently, they told him they didn't need it or some shit, and he tried to give it back, and they were like, no, you keep it for your all your help. That rock, it's fine. Well, we find <laughs> out that this pendant, there's a whole story behind it, and it's missing half of the stone, and oh, look. And you have to reunite the souls. Yeah, Brock and the found. Live for all eternity. Brock found the other half. Cat doesn't want it. It's too perfect. Yes, too perfect. And um, we get to the actual wedding, and Brock shows up to the wedding and hides, and he's hoping that by Cat seeing him, she'll stop the wedding, and she doesn't. And then he plans on like sneaking out. Yeah, but then he doesn't. Well, he can't because they took it out of the yeah. ceremony, which is smart. Yeah. If you think people are going to try to be assholes at your wedding, take it out of the ceremony. You can Nina, that. Nina would have been like, I fucking object, and here's why. Yeah. But he ends up leaving without doing anything. And then when it comes to, like, the part where they're saying, I do, she's like, nope, and she runs. And he's there, and he takes her back to the apartment where she's got her cat, and everything is hunky-dory, kind of. Except he keeps going, I'm not a relationship person, which we talked about before is a bullshit excuse for not loving someone. Fuck off with that noise. If you love someone, you love them. That's just all there is to it. And so we get to pretty much the end of the book. Right. Where she's just kind of living her life. She's going to have her show. Yes. Brock shows up. To see everything. Kind of explains that he's on vacation. He's out at his old place. Mm-hmm. He still owns it after his grandpa died. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, some things happen. I skipped over this part. Because at this point I was fucking over it. The book could have ended a long time ago as far as I was concerned. And um, we get to the very end where they get back together. We literally come from circle. And he's sitting in the same bucket seat from ten years ago, which is a huge question. Where does he? How is it still there by the river? Yeah. But so he's sitting there, and she pulls up, and she's all pissed at him, and she's like, "I don't want your fucking pendant because it didn't work." And he's like, "But that wasn't the point." (laughs) He's like trying to explain, like, "I wanted you to have it," and she's like super mad with him, right? Yeah. And then they end up, like, taking out the bucket seat, and all is well. And he's like, by the way, I'm going to quit being a secret agent. So I could be with you. Yeah. And now I am a relationship type of guy. Well, okay. Anyways, so we get the the halfway ever after we look for. Yeah. I'll give him that. Uh Uh-huh. We have slight mystery, although very simple in its formulation. Yes. We have lots of the sex. Tons of it. Because not the best written. But also not fade to black, which no. I appreciate. Thank God for that. So this is a really good opportunity to actually bring up something that Bethany specifically requested that I talk about. <gasps> I found the page. Do you oh, want you me to did. read it? Yeah. So there's this quote that Jessica is going to read to us. Let me find it again. It's towards the end. Before we read this quote, can we remember that we need to go back and discuss why Brock left? Oh, left town. Yes. Okay. So, we are literally full circle, because when this occurred, when she was supposed to lose her virginity to Brock, 
it was her birthday night that it was supposed to happen. So we're back at her birthday. It's her birthday again. And he says, happy birthday, kid. And she says, and you still owe me a present from 10 years ago. At which point he responds, can't exactly take your virginity anymore, can I? And she says, you never know. Maybe there's there's a little bit of it left, the part I saved. What did Bethany tell you? Okay, so Bethany said, can you please talk about this specifically? Because all I could think of was butt stuff. And <laughs> I'm sorry, but yeah, that's kind of what that implies in a weird way. Butt stuff. She saved a little piece of her virginity, a.k.a. butt stuff, for him. But it also implies that she saved her heart for him or whatever. I think that's what it's supposed to imply. Like, you were my first love, but we didn't physically acknowledge our love. Yeah. It's kind of what I'm thinking. But the implication, especially to people our age, is butt stuff. Is butt stuff, yeah. Because that's... Because we don't... But there was no butt stuff. There wasn't even... A description of the butt hole. No. Thank God. <laughs> I don't like that in books. Where it's like... Her puckered hole. It's winking at you. Yeah. That's the one. Ew. Um, we forgot a key part. Um, the night that Brock is supposed to take her virginity, which, again, is a social construct and virginity isn't real, but whatever. Um... He doesn't show up to come pick her up, and he, well, he shows up. He's late. He's very late, and he shows up to tell her, I'm leaving. We find out later the reason why he's leaving is Kat's dad finds out that Brock and Kat might have feelings for each other, and he pays Brock a pretty penny to get the fuck out of town. But it's not just to leave and, like, don't ever talk to my daughter. It's leave town. Never come back. Without telling anyone. Leave your dying grandfather. I'll take care of all the medical bills, but you can't ever show your face here again. Yeah, you can't even come to his funeral. Which, what Harsh. a horrible Harsh. person! Ugh. But he does it because the reason why is he's going to get fired from the gallery. He works at the gallery, mm-hmm. and he's going to get fired, and they need the money because his grandfather is sick. Yeah, and so he takes it. And his stipulation is first off, um, buy my grandfather the top of the line TV. That's all he can do. That's all he can do now. And if you take me away, he's going to be bored. But they end up getting him, like, a top-of-the-line TV that he finds later on when he's cleaning out the house. It's out of date now or whatever, but that's to be expected. It's ten years later. And he finds out, you know, he had a really good nurse and everything was taken care of. But it's upsetting that he didn't get to be there when his grandfather was dying. Yeah, especially because he had a really, really messed up childhood. And his grandfather was, like, the only person. Yeah, his the one person that was a good yeah. presence in his life. So it was, it was again just Kat's father going too far yeah. to provide her his family in like the worst possible way. Yeah, it was really gross. Um, so I think we've discussed everything that we can possibly discuss. Yeah. So we're going to get to our ratings. Oh God. Okay. Cat out of five stars. What okay. did you give Swept Away? I'm going to give Swept Away a 3.5. Wow. It was what I would expect from it, okay. honestly. And it very much reminded me of romance novels that I read as, like, a teenager. That makes sense. It was, I don't know, it was weird. I really, really think if there had been more of a piratey feel to this, yes. I would have been way more into it because I have to think about pirates. We need to read a pirate romance at some point. Oh, if you look like a hot pirate, 
<laughs> yes. Yep. We've talked about this. We've talked about this. Pirates and shower sets and you got my heart. That's all you need to know. That's all Cat wants ever. I want it. So, I did not give it as generous of a rating. Okay. Um, out of five stars, I gave Swept Away a 2.75. Okay, why? Um, because... It, not enough sex? No, it wasn't <laughs> that. Um, there were some storylines that just didn't make sense to me. Okay, so which the monster really detracted. That detracted from it. Just the implausibility of it okay. detract, detracted from it. And it didn't wow me. Like, to get a three-star, you have to already be kind of meh to me. Like, it was good, but it wasn't bad. Okay. This, I wouldn't say it wasn't good, but it wasn't bad. I would say it wasn't the greatest, but it wasn't the worst. Gotcha. So it wasn't good, but it wasn't the proposal. I'm going to use that as my base point right now. Okay. So, is that the lowest ranking book we've read so far? Yes. Yes, it is. And it's the lowest ranking book that we've all given a very low rating to. Yeah. So and that's a newer one. And that's a newer one that came out last year, 2018. Wow. Well, so uh, now that we've given it our rating, we're going to announce what we are reading on the next episode. Yay. And um, I'm very excited because it's October, which means we're going to read some spooky reads. And by that, I mean we're going to read um, A Quick Bite by Lindsay Sands. This is the first book in the Arjunot series. Um, my mom has read a few of these, from what I understand. Uh, my friend from work, my twin, my Beth, has the entire series and has read all of them. She loves them. And I am 36 pages into this one. Okay. So we're going to be reading a quick bite. Um, it should be exciting. It is a vampire romance, which Woo! I haven't read a vampire romance in a really, really long time. Uh, I it's going to be fun. I, you know, I went through that Twilight phase. We've had that discussion. Oh. I went through it. I'm, I'm not going to lie. After the last time we recorded, I 100% watched some Twilight. It's my go-to movie when I'm feeling pretty rough about myself. I like the different ways that they can write vampires. Like, you got Edward, who's sparkly and kind of a shithead. Yeah. But then you read other vampires, and they're, like, worldly, and there's, like, vampire councils, yeah. and they have all these, like, old-school rules, and they're, like, really, um, like, well-read. Um, it's, it's fascinating. A Discovery of Witches by Deborah Harkness. I have the trilogy. I've read the first two. I've seen the first season of the TV show. Okay. That is an incredibly old vampire, and he is well-read, well-traveled. Mm-hmm. Not exactly a shithead. I mean, there are moments where you're just like, oh, Matthew, stop it. Oh, the yeah, once bitten, twice shy, yeah, and yeah, yeah. Jasmine Parks. Is that right? I don't know. But I, know I don't think that's. Jasmine. But um, he's like really well read, and he's like really old school. Yeah. And so I don't know. There's just so many ways to write vampires, especially if you have. Um, like the process of new vampires versus the old school vampires that are like strong. Yeah. And they have like their own covens. 
which is also where these covens are usually you think witches. Yep. But it's not. So yeah, I'm, Anyways. I'm really excited about this one because I have never read one of the Argino series books, but I've been told several times that I should. Um, go get it. You should. Yeah. I'm very excited about it. So we'll be reading this one. We're super stoked. Cool. And uh, we're going to go ahead and end this with a quote because we still haven't found how to end these episodes. If you have an idea, if you have something witty and quippy and clever that we can end these episodes on, send us an email. For the love of God, if I have to read another no, it's quote. Fun. It's fun for you guys. It's but it's irritating me. So the quote that was chosen for today with Kat's help is actually by a romance author by the name of Lisa Kleypas, and it reads, A well-read woman is a dangerous creature. And with that, thank you for joining us. Bye! Bye!